good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome back to Dave's I Know, episode 262, uh, the one where we make the playoffs again. So, woohoo! Woohoo! Woo! Uh, we have the regular crew here. Uh, Jess, how are you doing? Good. Uh, regaining my voice uh, from yesterday. A uh, little tired, but good and here for it. Excellent. And MJ, how about you? Um, I'm good. I'm regaining my appetite from yesterday. I'm a bit hungry, but good. Wait, did you not eat today or? I did not eat enough today, but some days are just like that. So for those of you who don't have not met MJ in person or watched the man uh, consume food, um, that's a lot of food. So that, that he still hasn't eaten yet. So (laughs) I've had the pleasure of, uh, of being at meals with MJ and, for a man of his size, um, it's it's kind of it's kind of stunning how much uh, how much food he can eat. So, surprised <laughs> I'm surprised you're not a, a competitive eater, MJ. Honestly, I I have thought about it, but this this shouldn't surprise you. Uh, when you go out to the competitive eating websites and you look at the records, like the quantity the quantities of food are not that impressive. You look at like how many green beans or chicken wings or whatever that they threw down. Like I'm like I could do that. But then you look at the times and then you think about how MJ is with time and, and, and you realize like, and, and what I mean by that is not fast, <laughs> you know, like, and then yes. you realize how quickly that they down this food. And then, you know, why I'm not a competitive eater. Fair, fair point. Um, all right. Well, let's jump in to this match from the past weekend. Obviously Minnesota came in both Minnesota and Vancouver came in with everything to play for a uh, win by either side would put them in the playoffs. Um, Minnesota just needed a draw to, to uh, sneak into the playoffs as well. Uh, both teams came out guns a blazing. Honestly, this is a, uh, both teams. You could definitely tell wanted, wanted this win. Uh, the crowd was great for at Allianz field. Um, they had the, the blackout, if you will, for, and you know, this, there was obviously lots of people who weren't in black, but if, generally if you're looking at pictures of the stadium or whatever, it was, it was most of the crowd was in, was in black, which is really cool to see. I was, I was to be quite honest and fair, dubious of, of that. Like, are we just dressing for a funeral? Um, I believe that was several jokes were made about that on Twitter, um, <laughs> which I was like, okay. Um, me and uh, my son wore our loons jerseys to the game. I brought both the kids to this game and, and Anna, of course. Um, so that was fun to go, but Anna was in, Anna and Clara were in black, but I was me and Ragnar were in our gray loons shirts. Um, but the crowd was in it from the start. Um, it was kind of funny. It's like when the, they announced the, the officials and the players came out and Inchi comes out and he comes, comes out and just starts pumping his fist at the wonder wall as if we needed a, uh, you know, a, a conductor to say, let's start, let's start yelling and screaming. Um, which is, I thought was kind of funny, but you know, he was I very wish, pumped up. I hope someone got that on like 
that would be not, hilarious. I would love I'm, to see that gif. I'm not sure if he did or not, but it was it was quite quite funny to see. Uh, also, he's just expressing his energy in the moment, David. He's expressing his energy in the moment, and, and that's and, fine. And he, and, and he wants the supporters to match that energy, whatever that is. Yeah, because because we don't do that every single fucking game. So, anyways, I mean, it was nice to see. It, clearly, the teams were pumped up. Um, or if you guys saw, there was a really awesome TFO that was put together for Cal and Kendra. Um, a um, I said thank you, Cal and Kendra, with like their outlines or whatever. It's the it's been posted on social media a bunch. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to see it because I had to take my son. My son doesn't like the smoke. So we always go up before the national anthem starts so that we can get away from the smoke and we go to the bathroom. He pretends to go potty and then we come back out of the concourse <laughs> and, a, and I buy him a Gatorade and a snack. And then we go back down and sit in our seats after the, after the smoke is cleared. So the only time we're guaranteed to get smoke is I can make sure that he doesn't get it in his face. Um, by the end of the game, he was doing much better with it, but yeah, he is. That's one of the things he did not like this year at Minnesota United games, but I'm, I'm not going to, not bring him or make him, you know, I'll do my, whatever I can to help keep, you know, help him out and keep him covered you know, and everything. But uh, normally, but you know, I would say uh, as a good father, David, you should introduce him to smoking early, but you know, I, I think Ragnar, even Ragnar is a little too young to, to start smoking. I agree. Um, I used to smoke weed. I don't smoke anymore. I, I, I consume it in either uh, seltzer or edible form. So yeah, I mean, consuming smoke is 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 bad for one's lungs. You know? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I used to, I used to smoke, so uh, I know. Uh, yeah, um, me too. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about the actual the actual game. Let's let's not uh, pussyfoot around here. In the uh, first half, in the sixth minute, there was three great chances. It was two really good chances and a and a sort of half half chance from Vancouver that DSC shut down a shot from outside the box that he saved. The ball, the rebound kind of spilled to Julian Gressel, who had a really great chance. Um, and Dane saying Dane punched it away, went back out to a Vancouver player and kind of, I think he mishit it because it kind of was a looping, uh, looping he, he ball. Tried to head it. A, yeah, tried to head it and looping ball um, that Dane was able to stop. So right off the bat, Dane St. Clair has to step up and make three really good saves. Uh, and that's a back and forth. In the 17th minute, Minnesota gets their goal, Fragofagapane. Uh, scores it to make it one nothing Minnesota United. This is a really great sequence. Minnesota, you know, they're weird, like semi press. Um, you know, kind of the press when we want to, kind of offensive press. Vancouver's all they're all standing around, watching it on um, the replay and some and stuff earlier today. No one's coming to the ball, so the ball goes to a Vancouver player. Reynoso just kind of beats him to the ball. Uh, toe pokes it away from him. Probably gets fouled, but the referee played advantage. Uh, ball goes straight to Fragopangapane, who just runs to the top of the box. Again, no Vancouver defenders step up to him. Amaria makes a really good run that sort of like freezes the defenders. And Fragopangapane just at the top of the at the top of the circle just hits it with his right foot, I will add, into the bottom, um, the bottom left corner of the net. Uh past Thomas Hassel um, for Minnesota's first goal. Fragopangapane's first goal in, in a few games, I believe. And giving Minnesota a one nothing lead, it was an absolutely great goal. It, it was, I don't want to say it was against the run of play, but it was certainly a is opportunity opportunistic um, play by Minnesota United, specifically uh, Reynoso and Fragapane. And that dummy run by Luis Amaria was 
pretty darn right. good too. It, it, he was not really cutting to create a passing lane. He was cutting to distract defenders and he did the job. Right. He was, yeah, he wasn't running at the goal. He was kind of running like per, like perpendicular to the goal. Um, like there's no way that Fragapani makes that pass because the only thing that he could do is maybe take it to the end line and cross it back across goal. Like he wasn't, Amory wasn't going to take a shot from there. But he created width because whoever right. that back was that was on Louis Emery had to had to drift a little wider, and that opened up some yep. space for Fragapane. And, and they and no one stepped to Fragapane, which was the which was kind of fucking insane. So, um, so after that, it was kind of a back and forth affair. Minnesota never really seemed to be in doubt in the first half. Uh, so let's jump right to the second half. Oh, I want to say so at halftime. Very cool if you weren't there. Um, I don't know if they showed this on the broadcast, but the Dark Clouds debuted our, their Heartberry um, gigantic flag, which is based on the Heartberry design, which is an indig- um, uh, indigenous person's <clears throat> uh, designer who designed a sweatshirt for the Dark Clouds, I believe, last year. And all the money t- goes to uh, abused women. Yes, yes. Um, uh, spe- indigenous women. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what the name of the exact organization is. I'll try to remember and put it in the um, put in the tweet or whatever. If people are interested in donating. Um, if th- there might still be some sweatshirts available. They are really they're really nice, like super soft. Um, mm-hmm. Not like a zip up, just like a nice sweatshirt. If you want to wear it to the office or just around, and it's great. It's a great like fall, like walking outside when it's like fifty degrees outside, kind of sweat uh, sweater. Um, but the uh, they debuted this this gigantic and it's a gigantic flag. And Peggy Flanagan, Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, was actually on the cape on the central capo stand to help. I think she was the first one to actually uh, fly the flag, which was really cool. Um, and it's fun to see the Lieutenant Governor, who's a huge soccer supporter, and uh, and also you know uh, a Native American woman as well. Um, so it's just it was just a really cool thing, and that we were able to like make a gigantic ass flag for um, that will be just be in the rotation of flags is also really, really cool. It's something you won't necessarily recognize on the broadcast. Um, People watching won't necessarily recognize what it is, but it, you know, it's just, it's there. And um, I think it's just really cool. So, so that's, was fun. uh, Get to seeing that. Um, All right. So let's start the second half Uh, 57th minute, a great save uh, for again, for Dane St. Clair on a breakaway from, I can't remember the name of the Vancouver player. Who made it? Who the hell cares? Yeah. Uh, a minute later, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez comes on for Mender Garcia. So Mender Garcia had picked up a knock in like the 53rd minute, went down, uh, was able to keep playing, but came off five minutes later for Jonathan Gonzalez, who came in and kind of shifted Minnesota into like more of a 4-3-3. Um, Robin Lude went up top. Um, and uh, on the right end, Jonathan Gonzalez sort of slotted in. Um, weirdly playing. I mean, he was playing more like a 10, um, but not really. Cause he was the one who's going forward quite a bit for, and Jonathan Gonzalez is, is not necessarily uh, an eight or a 10. He's more of a six, um, a defensive Remind midfielder. Again what a traditional 10 does. That's what, that's Reynoso's role. He kind of sits in, underneath the nine. So sits in, like below Amaria and sort mm-hmm. of helps facilitate, right? Okay. MJ like receives the ball from midfield and is the one who like, distributes the ball to Fragapane or Amaria or Garcia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, anyways, 69th minute, MJ, um, 
this is your favorite moment, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice. DJ Taylor gets the ball on the right wing. He passes over to Reynoso. Reynoso immediately passes to Lude. Lude does a give go, give go. I mean, it was Lude to Fragapane, Fragibat. Yeah, Lude. Yep. Lude to Fragapane, Fragapane back to Lude. Um, and there might have been even another exchange in there. I think there was. Yeah, I think it was like Lude, Fragapane, back to Lude, back to Fragapane, back to Lude. Needless yeah. to say, a number of passes were made. <laughs> yes. Lude should have scored. Um, uh, some defender named uh, Ranko Vasilinovich came and slid down and made it hard. And I think Lude had to take the shot earlier than he wanted to. So way to go, Ranko. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what a pretty set of passes. Just missing the ball in the fucking net. Yeah, that was probably the closest one. Lude had a couple other opportunities during the game where he uh, had you know some shots that just kind of skied over the over the bar. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that was the I mean, first game back in quite some time. He just needs to get his uh, shooting boots back on. <clears throat> 74th minute, uh, Joseph Rosales comes on for Robin Lude, giving Lude a break. And then three minutes later, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez scores his first uh, Minnesota goal, first MLS goal. Uh, this was an interesting one. Um, Rosales takes the ball. He sh- def- It's deflected off a of Vancouver defender. I'm not sure. He certainly wasn't trying to shoot. He, he, was, he wasn't certainly trying to cross. I think he was trying to pass to Amaria, actually, who was making a run down the middle. Um, the ball de- deflects off of the, de- the Vancouver defender. And for some fucking reason, Jonathan Gonzalez is playing as a striker at this point um, or a right wing. And he's right there as the ball just kind of falls to him. And he's able to just like more or less just pass it into the back of the net uh, right in front of the wonder wall. Um, he kind of peeled off. Like, I don't he wasn't sure how to celebrate <laughs> like, no! like, like you, you go to the wonder wall and you celebrate the wonder wall, but like, he kind of like peeled back and, and found Rosales right away. Uh, but the entire place, I mean, the entire place erupted uh, when Fragapane scored, I think when uh, Jonathan Gonzalez scored again, the entire place erupted. And I think a lot of sphincters um, got a lot less tight uh, with mm-hmm. a two goal lead yeah. in the 77th minute. So it was a hell of a I could, goal. I could relax my buttocks. That's for sure. <laughs> It was a hell of a goal. I mean, John, I, I've liked Jonathan Gonzalez since they brought him in. I really hope they um, it, it's his fit is weird for this team, unfortunately. So I, but I really hope that they, um, like I don't know, him. develop him. Well, I mean, he's he should be playing more than I think he is, and I so it's whether I think this is a loan, so I think it, it's not necessarily up to the team. It, it's kind of up to Gonzalez as well. Like there needs to be some mutual understanding. Um, I haven't gone back and looked at what their what the actual transfer uh, was. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a buy. So it's definitely a loan. Um, mm. So I'd be interested to see if he's wants to stick around, um, given what the Seamus has in the midfield. Um, he's definitely a younger piece, but I think he's been uh, really great for for the team. And scoring a goal in the last game of the season also certainly doesn't help, or certainly helps. So. Mm. Uh, and then the, finally, in the 79th minute, we bring on a right wing back to play left uh, mid. Uh, Alan Benitez <laughs> comes on for Franco Fragapane, which is an interesting choice by Adrian Heath. I, you know, he looked better there. there. He did. He didn't look terrible. Um, so <laughs> Alan Benitez has a little more versatility than we originally thought. So, uh, MJ, you said you, you found the, the name of the digital people organization. So, uh, Hart, Hartberry is, of course, the clothing designer that is uh, 
Minnesota Indigenous women run and, and designed. Uh, but all the profits to that when the Dark Lives are selling merch, all the, the proceeds are going to the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. So it's a really weird, I believe most of their social media is at M-I-W-S-A-C and Miwisac is kind of hard to say, but yeah, it stands for Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Okay. And yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, go there, donate money, buy that Hartbury sweatshirt. I said it's it's uh, sweater. It's really cool. Um, Thanks to Jamie Becker Finn, who's also yes. an indigenous legislator. Big part yeah. of that. Yes, she yeah. Uh, Jamie uh, was instrumental in getting all that stuff put together. And I know um, May Los Loso uh, is also I think was part of yeah getting people connected um, last year. So it's really cool. It's like it's really cool that we can work um, that the supporter groups can work with these other organizations and sort of build relationships and things like that. It's not something that we necessarily see um, even from the team, which we should have the resources to do it. Like we're, we're all volunteer run organizations, right? So all the SGs. Uh, so the fact that SGs are doing it, means the team should be doing it and should be doing better um, on that front. But let's not talk about that right now. Anything else uh, from the game from either you two, before we jump into some of the, the uh, extraneous stuff. No, but I have thoughts about some of the extraneous stuff. <laughs> All right. Jess, anything from you or, or should we keep going? I don't know what's extraneous. <laughs> uh, all right, just we're, extra time. Uh, all right. So okay, record, yeah, yes, record, go on with the extra time. <laughs> record setting home crowd, uh, according to the team, 19,941. Um, that is more than a sellout. I also point out DSC had seven saves in this game. Um, 12 shots on 12 shots from Vancouver, seven on target. Dane had seven saves. So his first clean sheet since I believe July like in July, I think it was the 16th of July. If I'm not mistaken. It was the last time he had a clean sheet. So really great showing again. The crowd was awesome. It was, uh, I have nothing but, you know, mad props for the people that I'm standing that I stand around. I get, I I'm a little, I'm over to the one side of the net away from T and E. I heard there was some particularly Stop chance, off. but, I, but again, I have, I have not, I did not hear them. I, so I'm not even going to, I don't want to even comment on it at all. So um, MJ, anything else you want to add before we do our Freddie Adus? No. Okay. Actually let's do Freddie Adus. Um, Jess, Jess has Freddie Adus. So let's go with you first. My good adieu. Adieu. Good adieu goes to my almond cream dream supreme, the Frank to my further, Mr. Fragapane. He felt hungry. He felt like an antelope. No, no, more like a predator. Like he was swift. He was hungry. And I felt like he was playing, I don't know if smarter, but just like cleaner crisper there was something there was a sparkle in his eye so to speak um and and he was really fun to watch from my seat in um the first half cool uh mj <clears throat> uh my good friend of you goes to dj taylor and i have no shitty friday dues on minnesota united but i just want to point out the guy next to me was actually a vancouver whitecaps fan Mm. Uh, 
he was from Wisconsin and he, the reasons are not that he hates Minnesota teams, but he's a huge Jay Demerit fan. And so I could get behind oh, that. Okay. Jay Demerit once played for the Vancouver Whitecaps. And so also a good dude, also a really good dude. Right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Jay Demerit. Uh, Jay has bought has bought me shots at uh, at really shitty dive bars in Northeast Minneapolis before. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Such a good dude. Anyway, yeah. uh, so it was nice talking with him. And so my shitty friend of you goes to the guy that he was kind of ranting about on the Whitecaps. So my shitty friend of you goes to Whitebacks center midfielder Russell Tybert, um, who he was not impressed with in. in the central midfield trying to defend the onslaught of looms coming in. <clears throat> Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to go with Dan St. Clair. Um, he kept Minnesota in this game. Mm-hmm. It could have been one or two, nothing before Minnesota even had a chance to score a goal. So it's really, you know, you frag a um, It's a good shout. Jess. I think the, the back line played really well. Um, DJ Taylor, I think played the best of the, uh, thank you Jay. thank so you I think you were right um he he didn't make team of the week we'll talk about that in, in a second here <laughs> i have thoughts and feelings <laughs> yeah again i assumed you did but dane st clair is the one who honestly kept this team um alive and and actually and just generally for the season i know we talk about who the, the i mean we'll talk about this once the season's over we do like sort of like season ending awards and things like that um i think dane st clair is up there for the, the player of the year because this this dude kept this team for real. yeah for, i get behind that for many, many matches when they probably shouldn't have been um, in. Um, yes, there was a dip in form at, like, for the second half of the season. But after the All-Star game, he really stepped up. And, you know, when we're losing, we weren't losing because of Dane St. Clair. We were losing in spite of Dane St. Clair. So, and you know what? I don't honestly, I don't have a, a shitty Freddy to do. This, I think everybody on the team played played as well as they could be expected to play. Um I think my shitty friend who would maybe be reserved for Adrian Heath for putting in Alan Benitez as a fucking left midfielder. But what do I know? Like it works. So he, he did all right. He did all right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, you, you can, you can make, you can, you can do something well for the wrong reason. And that is often what Heath does. He like stumbles into the, the right decision, but for the wrong reason. So, or the, the, the right outcome, but for the wrong reason. So it's one of those, it's, it's a conundrum amongst many sports fans. It's like you, that's the right thing to do, but it fails or what the fuck are you doing? That's insane. And then it actually works. And then you're like, well, what the fuck do I know? So, you know, whatever. Um, Soccer genius, Adrian Heath. (laughs) Soccer noted soccer genius, Adrian Heath. So, uh, all right, Jess, let's hit it. Post-match hot or not review. Hot like hell winning. It just never goes out of style. Now, it doesn't have a season. Winning is the original black, and it feels good. Speaking of black, neither hot nor not. I just question for the crowdsourcing. I'm either even more ADHD and less observant than I might have previously guessed and missed it, but I don't think I noticed a big difference in the crowd with the blackout. But again, I'm not saying that's because there wasn't a difference necessarily. Um, but then I also had the thought that, would we be more scary 
in a blackout, in a night-night game, like a 7 p.m. game, feel like if we get a home something out of the, the next shenanigans, the next round of shenanigans, we should try that at like a 7 p.m. game because that might be more noticeable. Uh, yes, but before you go, I'll, I'll just say, it, it, you, you couldn't really tell it in the stadium, but if mm-hmm. you if you like watch the, like the, the replay or watch some of the highlights or something and they show the crowd, you definitely mm-hmm. can tell it's def- oh. so so it definitely like yeah it's because it, you'd be walking around the concourse wherever you see people not in black or whatever, maybe even yeah. your role, but like it definitely you definitely could watching the watching the broadcast you definitely could tell. Now you're right if it's at night or something that would be mm-hmm. make a lot more sense. So um, we'll talk about some potential playoff hosting scenarios in the in the next yeah, section. So baby. I'll let you finish. Keep going. Sorry. Well, I just want to interject there. Yes. No, thank you. Interjection uh, appreciated. <clears throat> okay. Not hot. Coach Sartini, AKA Mr. B. Dude was hippity hopping in and waving his long gangly limbs all over the place. Had to take off his jacket. He got so worked up and he revealed he, he, his rare and mysterious genetic trait. Ladies and gents, I noticed, unless mine eyes deceive me, that this man has an inverted ass. He has an innie for an ass. I took a couple of quick shots in the moment for, you know, like Guinness Book of World Records, um, claim to fame. And I just want to get, does anybody think there's a less sexy character than Mr. Bean? I tried to rack my mind, but there's really, I mean, he's a physical comedy. He's a lot about boogers. He always looks bad and he just, and I know that's his comedy routine and it's funny, but I'll tell you what, the idea of, of, of Mr. Bean and Hot, they've just never been in the same thought bubble. I, I, I DM me if you have a worse, a, a bean, better a bean, suggestion. I say DM you if you have a bean fetish. Or a bean fetish. Like that, that I want to hear. I want to hear more about that for sure. Personal win, because winning is the essence of hotness. Still and always. I'm pleased to say that I managed to stay in line for the claw machine on the lawn pre-match. I almost, I almost let the ADHD anxiety get the best of me. Like, oh, maybe we should get in line for the gates because it's getting really long. But no, we stood our ground. And I am pleased to say, not only did I claw myself a fine medium-sized piece of Minnesota United Apparel. I appreciate the mediums out there. So did my companion for the match, winners. I love winning and being with winners and being a winner. And that's obvious. (laughs) I'm a Dave. (laughs) Finally, warm and fuzzy in the right way, not any wrong way. It shouldn't be any hotter than warm when you're fuzzy. Singing Wonderwall to end the regular season when I least expected it with good company 
it's a good thing. <clears throat> Excellent. Thanks Thank you so you much. Yeah. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Moving along. Um, so now the loons will play at FC Dallas on Monday, the 17th. So a week from today, actually, literally, as we are recording, we'll be in the middle of the first half. Uh, so we are going to probably push our recording <laughs> back a day. We're not going to be recording while we're playing a game. Uh, but I will be at the black card. I'm hoping either or both of my co-hosts here will be at the black card for the match. It is a Monday night. It is a school night. So totally understand. But maybe uh, plan your uh, a late start on Tuesday morning or just take the, take the next day off. 2-1 victory. Uh, so we've played at Dallas in Dallas at Frisco in Frisco on May 22nd. It was a, we had a 2-1 victory. And then we got smoked by Dallas at home uh, here, three nothing on the third of September. That was literally like four days after we got smoked by RSL, three nothing in uh, at Rio Tinto. So, <clears throat> you know, one and one uh, against Dallas this year. We have gone on the road. We beat them. This Minnesota United team is not a terrible road team. We've gone on on the road and beat a, a lot of teams this year. The Red Bulls, um, Galaxy on the road. I believe Nashville on the road. <clears throat> uh, and Adrian Heath alluded to that fact after the, after the match on, on the, the TV broadcast saying that they're not, they're not scared about going down to Dallas and um, you know, winning a game. So <clears throat> potential playoff hosting scenarios. So if we win this game, we will be going to the winner of Austin RSL. Austin's the two seed um, RSL's the seven seed. If Austin wins, we'll stay in Texas. And we'll go play Austin down in Austin. If RSL wins, however, RSL comes to Minnesota United. <clears throat> and um, Allianz Field will get its playoff <laughs> game. In the cold. I mean, it'll be it'll be the second. Yeah, it would be, you know, the 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 well on the weekend of the 24th. So it will not be warm, more than likely. Um but it will be glorious. But it will it, it will be glorious. Happen. Yes. And that We're is most the likely only, in Austin. Yes. That is the only game that we can host in on the Western conference side, unfortunately, because um, four, four versus five is, is galaxy versus Nashville. And then the winner of that game plays LAFC. So either way, the only time we only chance we could host a playoff game on the Western conference side is if RSL beats um, Austin next week. However, if we make it to the Western conference or the, 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 the MOS cup final um, and either, I believe it's Orlando or Miami win on the Eastern conference side, we would host either Orlando or Miami the MLS cup final here in Minnesota. So if you are a Minnesota United fan on the Eastern conference side, you are cheering for Florida, all teams, Florida, Orlando and Miami cheer for Florida, which, you know, is not necessarily something we'd want to do because Orlando is owned by Ziggy Wolf and um, fuck Miami. But um, in order for us to host a playoff game, we need, we need one of the Florida sides to, to advance to the Eastern um, Eastern win, to win the Eastern conference. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. If we yeah. want to host the MLS cup, basically. Exactly. Yeah. We have, we have, there's two teams that we can host against and, and those are the two teams and they're both from Florida. So go Florida. Um, yeah. So those are our, our potential playoff hosting scenarios. There's potentially three teams we can host against. It's very slim possibility that we'll host either of them, but, you know, as teams get eliminated, if our teams teams that we can host against are still sticking around, then, you know, and we will know uh, uh, when we play Dallas, because we play Dallas on Monday, um, we'll be the last game of the first round of the playoffs. So we will know by 
that time our game kicks off, whether or not we have an opportunity to host. If RSL knocks off Austin, we'll know if we win that game against Dallas that we're hosting. So there'll be some added incentives as well. So cheer for RSL. Um, I believe they play on, I think they play on Saturday and then cheer for, and then yeah, obviously cheer for Florida teams until we're eliminated from the playoffs Then fuck Florida. So uh, question did Minnesota United dodge a bullet by not getting in the fifth seed. We, we took the sixth seed. Everyone was high when we were like third or fourth in the West. Mm-hmm. We dropped down to six. It seems kind of crappy. Like we're like the second to the last one into the playoffs. But David, to echo something you said earlier this season about not wanting to be on the side of the bracket that LAFC is on. Mm-hmm. Um, we now avoid LAFC and LA Galaxy where that's the gauntlet that Nashville in the fifth seed has to, has to run. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, Nashville's never making it. <laughs> you could say that. I mean, if we had been the four seed, we would ho- obviously host a playoff game. I think we would want to hope we I'd rather host a playoff game and then have to go to LAFC. LAFC has not been super great in the playoffs. So they were the best team. They, you know, they are the, uh, the shield winners this year, the supporter shield winners. Um, and they have Gareth Bale and they have a lot of really good players. So like, I'm not saying that, you know, but I think Man in terms of, of the year, in terms of the teams that are on our side of the bracket, it's Austin as the two seed RSL as the seven seed FC Dallas as the six seed and us as, or sorry, the three seed and us as the six seed. I like our chances against all three of those other teams more so than I like our chances against the galaxy who have, yeah. you know, until this year had kind of owned Minnesota um, at least, um, at least at home for sure. And then, had beaten us in the playoffs a couple years ago and um, and or LAFC, which again, like they don't have a, the greatest playoff track record, but they are a really good team. Mm-hmm. They, they were the best team in the league this year. So, um, so yes, I think we maybe did kind of dodge a bullet silver lining, what have you of being the sixth seed uh, instead of the, the fifth seed. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I'd much rather have been, a, you know, a two, three or four seed and, and have been Close. hosting a playoff game. Yeah. So, Agreed. Agreed. There's if you and we looked, you know, that's the other thing too. We looked good in this game, or mm-hmm. we, you know, we looked much better than we have. Um, it not maybe not as good as we were during that stretch run in August, you know, July, August, where we you know went like seven one and one or something like that, mm-hmm. um, or six one and one. But we looked much closer to that than we did much to the, you know the, that game against San Jose a couple like a week a week ago, um, or any of the, the FC Dallas game or any of the games that we've been playing in this last really terrible stretch. So whether it's getting lewd back, sounds like Bongi might be available um, on Monday, especially given there's extra time. Sounds like he was running sprints on Friday before the, before the match. So there's a possibility we may get Bongi back. Um, Garcia, we'll have to keep dying on Garcia. Obviously he went out with an injury. You know, we haven't, we don't, we have not heard how serious that is yet. So um, might be just replacing Bongi for Garcia. Um, or we might, you know, have maybe give Jonathan Gonzalez a start and see what he can do, man. Uh, okay. Uh, so a couple other fun, fun facts from John Marthaler, uh, your uh, colleague over at uh, Soda Soccer, MJ. Yeah. Uh, some tweets, some tweets that he put out. Uh, this he digs one, out the stats, man. He digs he out some really good stats. Mar- Marthaler, like I love. If you don't listen to the sportive podcast and you like Minnesota sports, I would highly recommend listening to the sportive podcast. It's kind of like this. It's a reverent. It's kind of drunk and uh, they talk about all Minnesota sports. Um, 
not not just like not just like the the, the big four men's sports and, and and soccer, but they talk about go for hockey. They talk about women's sports. Um, it, it's it's a fun it's a fun fun funny podcast. I often find myself just laughing like hilariously, and Anna's kind of looking at me like, "Why are you laughing with your earbuds in?" Um, but anyways, yeah, you pulled out some couple stats that I thought were insane today. Uh, first one: Jim Curtin and Adrian Heath are the only current MLS coaches with four straight playoff appearances. Yeah. So, so there are other teams with yes. four straight playoff appearances. They're all, they're all, the, only, they're all the other teams are like the Red Bulls, uh, NYCFC. And I think that in Philadelphia, obviously with Curtin, um, they're all in the Eastern conference. We're the only Minnesota is the only Western conference team that has made the playoffs four straight years, <clears throat> which again, it's because Seattle didn't make it this year because Seattle had made the playoffs 11 straight years or something like something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So uh, because you, Seattle, Brian Schmetzer. yeah, because Seattle fucked up um, or, you know, did the thing in one CONCACAF Champions League. So, um, you know, can't they can't really call their season a complete loss. The other the other I think the other side I think this is actually more insane. And it, you really need to think about it for a second is that Emmanuel Reynoso is the only player in MLS history to reach double digits in goals assists and yellow cards in a single season. This reminds Goals, me assist and yellow cards. This reminds me of the Gordie Howe hat trick, right? The right. Gordie Howe hat trick is, is I believe you get a goal, you get an assist and you get in a fight. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, Emmanuel Reynoso uh, just really, uh, you know, fuck around and find out. It's doubly, <laughs> it's doubly amazing the goals and the assists because he had to miss he missed like four games yeah. because of suspensions mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken and yeah I, I need I shouldn't I need to, I should go back and look and see how, how many games he actually played but that dude he he was racking up yellow cards like they were fucking uh you know Adderall pills towards the end of the season <laughs> to be fair this is the first time I saw a referee actually over call fouls against Reynoso normally like their other team is hacking Reynoso left and right and it's always a different player so they're never getting like yeah the warning like yeah. here's a yellow card here's another yellow card and this was a time where I I thought there were a couple times where they called a foul on whoever took down Reynoso and it was a little soft but in general I attribute you to his high yellow card account of this frustration of getting fouled all the fucking time and not, mm-hmm. you know, getting no respect. Also, I think sometimes the foul gets called his way and sometimes it goes the other way. Like often I think because everybody gangs up on him, limbs are flying, feet are flying. Like I think when there are a lot of occasions where both players go down or no, so and whomever and it, like something's called it doesn't always go against Reynoso but it can more often yeah it's a and I know Heath has, has made a as has complained about this several times and he's not wrong in this I mean I normally I'm, I'm not one here for Heath bitching about shit but he's definitely not wrong in that uh, Reynoso gets the most teams entire game plans is take out Reynoso however yeah. you possibly can um, and figure the rest of the shit out later and he does get way more abuse uh, from other players. And like, you know what, if, if the other, if the referee's not going to call it, like 
you should keep doing it if, if that's the game plan and that's what's working. So mm-hmm. I don't begrudge other teams to doing it. It sucks that they're doing it because it's, it's he's one of the most talented players in the league. And when he's when he's working and when he's cooking, he's you know he's a delight to watch. So master uh, chef. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's get to the other United news. I think this is where MJ has a uh, has some thoughts. Coleman, Brent Coleman, named to the team of the week, uh, and Frank oh, Payne. Fuck. On the team of the week bench, I'm just going to mute myself and let MJ take it over here. Go ahead, MJ. Brent Coleman and Michael Boxel played a stellar game on Sunday. I don't want to take anything away from their performance. They were heading stuff out of the box. They were heading stuff out of danger. But Coleman, one of his headers was back towards the middle. And was mm-hmm. able to have Vancouver recycle an attack and get another shot on St. Clair. Like, DJ Taylor always was in the right position. He was always tracking back, always sealing the ball. He didn't deflect the ball and defend the ball or block the ball back towards the middle to a more threatening area. He was super solid. And so to whoever awarded Brent Coleman Team of the Week, like, yeah, finally a loon defender get, getting some recognition, that's good. But why that one? Yeah, I thought DJ Taylor's performance was miles uh, more remarkable or, or like challenging than Coleman's game. Yeah, I mean, Boxall and Coleman played really, really well. They they were really, really solid. And I've criticized them up and down this season. So I want to give credit when they improve and they did well and they helped Dane St. Clair get a clean sheet. But like they weren't flawless. I mean, Kamala Lawrence had some bonehead things down in the back line, but DJ Taylor was solid. Yeah. Go DJ. Go DJ. Hey, Mr. DJ. Uh, all right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, man. It, it team of the week confounds me to no end. Um, like, is they, there a they, board of team of the week? Like who are these people? Like it's probably the, uh, the is it the Knights age. Templar? If it's, it's the, the Knights Templar, I'm not going to be surprised. No, <laughs> it's it's the real estate agents at uh, MLS.com. So um, the realtors are the ones who decide this. I would imagine. Um, Do they watch? Do the I, get... I mean, the, theoretically, yes. Did, do I need to add Matt Doyle? I mean, by all means, do it, but please do not tag us in that. You do that shit from your own account, buddy. <clears throat> I don't know who Matt Doyle is. Um, he's a baldy birdo. So it talks he, about he works for MLS. Uh, I yeah. usually like his takes. I'm a, yeah. a big fan of his MLS takes. Cool. Minnesota United or otherwise. All right. Um, League's Cup was announced uh, after we recorded last week. So this is when this was, I mean, it was not announced. It was announced a while ago. They finally announced the format for it. So this is going to be a tournament that takes place next year in August um, or July. I can't remember. They're basically the, the both Liga Mekis and MOS are going to take a break from league play for about a month. Um, <clears throat> and they're going to play a World Cup style tournament. Uh, there'll be 15 groups of three teams. All the games will be taking place in the United States. Um, and the loon and the the loons as uh, as being the thirteenth best team in the supporter shield um, in MLS will host two games of the tournaments. Um, so each team in each so there'll be fifteen groups of three. Um, 
uh, the the MLS host will host at least two games, the, the Liga Mekis team, and then uh, either potentially another Liga Mekis team or uh, another MLS team. And the top two teams from each group will go on to a round of 32. The round of 32 is obviously made up of the two, the top two in each group, plus the winners of MLS Cup. So potentially the Loons could get a bye to the to the round of 32 if they win MLS Cup. Or, uh, which, yeah, again, yeah, scoff at that. I agree. So they're, but they're guaranteed to host um, the two games if they are not, uh, a, you know, a, league, a MLS Cup winner. And then the winner... The team that has the most points between the Clausura and the Apertura in, in Liga Emekis um, will be the other team that has an automatic buy to the round of 16. So the potential, so the Loons, like I said, is that they're the 13 seed in MLS. They'll face the six seed, six seeded team from Liga Emekis, which right now is either going to be one of Cruz Azul, San, Santos, or Puebla. It's yeah. more than likely, more than likely Cruz Azul, Santos, or Puebla, depending on a couple of different scenarios, but MJ more than likely cruises, which I know you'd get a kick out of. So You're right. Because like I w- was just at Adelita's Mexican restaurant and saw cruises will get a last minute goal, you know, against uh club Leon. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I would, I would get a kick out of seeing cruises school in Minnesota for sure. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is there are no <laughs> ties technically like, and there is right. no extra time. Right. So, so yeah, so it goes straight to penalty kicks. If, uh, <laughs> if it's tied after 90 minutes um, and you get two points. So if you get goes to straight to penalty kicks, um, I believe each team gets a point. Uh, you get two points. If you win the penalty kicks, if you, one point, if you don't win the penalty kicks, I don't think it's two points. Is it? It's, a, I think, a... Oh yeah, no, you're right. It's two points. Yeah. Three, three points if you win in, in, in regulation time, yeah. two points if you win. In a, so it's kind of like the hockey model, right? So yeah. if you if you follow NHL hockey, um, there's basically like there's that, that bonus point for a shootout victory. So, yeah, so it should be interesting. Again, um, no draws. The top teams from each, you know, the top team from each league goes directly to the round of 32. The, the other team in the group will be drawn from the 15 remaining teams. Uh, the 13 other MLS teams and the two remaining Liga Mekis teams. So there's potentially, we could be in a group with two Liga Mekis teams. Um, I believe if we're drawn with another MLS team, the, that other MLS team will host, you know, the ML, the Liga Mekis team at their home stadium. So it won't be all like, not all the games will be at Allianz field. It really just depends on um, who's playing whom. However, if, if, if we have a group of two M- uh, Liga Mekis teams, all the games I think will be at Allianz field. So I'm kind of hoping we get a second ML, a Liga Mekis team just so that we could probably go to a, a bunch of games. My guess is this will not be in your season ticket package next year. So be prepared to pay extra money. If you want to watch um, the loons play two extra games, <clears throat> or maybe one of these games will be in there in the package. And then the second game will probably be a, an add on or something you can buy. Um, yeah. So that's the league's cup. Uh, there I'm basically the winner the top three teams in and at the tournament after the, once you get through the group stages and a straight knockout round, just like everybody else, it's single elimination. The top three teams get um, bids to CONCACAF uh, champions league with the top team, uh, the, the winner, um, whether it's a league MX team or, or an MLS team getting a straight um, uh, buy to the round of 16. So you don't have to go through the, the group stage or whatever of uh the CONCACAF Champions League tournament. So 
And then there's <clears throat> lots of extra prize money on avail as well. So it should be really cool. It's, I'm, I'm really glad that loons are going to be hosting at least two games um, next year. And if, you know, again, if we win, then we, we go straight to the uh, straight to the round of 32. So win the MLS cup. So another reason to win the tournament. So, all right, MJ, you have some loons birthdays. Yeah. Just to track back. Cause last week we had Andy Greeter on and I didn't want to take a lot of extra time when he was doing a uh, get to know game or anything like that, but uh, just very briefly uh, last week, October 3rd, Eric Dick turned 28 years old backup goalkeeper and who has looked solid except for in that U S open cup game where he did not look solid at all, but like <laughs> happy belated birthday to Eric Four. Dick. And then uh, on October 4th, the day following one team of the week winner, Brent Coleman turned 32 years old. What an old dude. Happy birthday to both of them. Cool. All right. Well, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk some Gopher soccer. Um, we have some Minnesota Aurora news, and uh, we'll break down this uh, FC Dallas game that's coming up on Monday. We'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing. All right, and we are back uh, with this uh, post-victory Minnesota United Dave's I Know podcast. We're going to jump into Gopher Soccer, also victorious uh, this weekend. Um, MJ, take it away. We had a 1-0 win over Iowa. Yeah, it was nice to go to a game and just uh, relax and watch soccer at Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium. Beautiful autumn day. 1 p.m. in the afternoon, so even warmer or more gorgeous than the Minnesota United game, I would say. 1-0 win. It was senior day, so pregame, the Gophers honored Izzy Brown, Sadie Harper, Ava Brewer, Megan Plashko, and Gabby Cesarone. The really cool thing is a lot of those seniors got minutes and made a big impact in this game versus Iowa. Number one, Gabby Cesarone, uh, a center back, steps up and just nails a beautiful kick off of uh, McKenna Beisman corner to put the Gophers up one nothing, And then Egan's own uh, Megan Plashko gets six saves, her fifth clean sheet of the season. And so they win. Um, I, of course, got there on time, but not early enough to get a seat where I maybe would be most ideal. But uh, so I was sitting a little bit more towards some Iowa fans and right behind me is Iowa rock star midfielder, Haley Ryberg's mom and like her, their whole family. Like we're talking like her boyfriend, her boyfriend's sister, you know, her siblings, her like aunts and uncles, um, they came from Illinois and Wisconsin and Iowa and all over the place to watch uh, Haley Ryberg. And to the Gophers' credit, they really took Ryberg and the other uh, attacking players from Iowa um, out of the picture. They they played some really good defense um, up and down the pitch. Uh, I learned from Haley's mom that Haley and Gabby went to the same Illinois high school, St. Charles North and played club together. So that was kind of fun. Um, 
and uh St. Charles, Illinois. Yeah. Oh wait. Never mind. Go on. Anyway, so yeah, they played both scholastic and club together. And so I was wondering why Haley's mom was like just ratting on Gabby Cesarone all the time. She's like, watch out for number 12. And I was like, is that because she scored the goal? I was like, no, she knows her personally. She knows her family. They're good friends. And so to see her kind of trolling uh, Gabby from the stands was fun. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so the Gophers have a couple of games on the road over on the East Coast this week. Thursday, they're at Rutgers. Uh, Sunday at Maryland. I believe both of those games are on Big Ten Plus if you can find that crazy service, which I do not think actually exists. So no, um, this is a lie. Uh, the team is, I mean, they're, they're about 500. They're not, they're not doing super great. I know um, there's some, I think MJ, correct me if I'm wrong. It's there's, it's a relatively young core of players, right. That, you know, yeah. I mean, they're, 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 their games are close. I mean, they're not, they're not getting blown away. They're keeping things close. I think they had last week, they had a couple of um, heartbreaking losses to one to Wisconsin. I know. Um, so I believe Indy was Indiana the other one. So I, I know it's been yeah, Indiana hurts because they're not good and we shouldn't lose to them. So yeah, they are sitting at uh, two wins, four losses in, in the Big Ten. Um, they, they have some impressive non-conference results, but that doesn't matter when you want to make the Big Ten playoffs. Uh, it's your Big Ten record. So right. two and four, not good. Um, uh, the, Maryland is not good, so that's super important. Uh, Rutgers is very good. So, so uh, if they can get a road win at Maryland, that will that will be huge. If they can get a draw or any sort of result against Rutgers, that will also do well to to move them up the Big Ten standings. Very cool, very cool. All right, uh, let's stay in the land of uh, women's soccer. And Minnesota Aurora um, announced today actually that Nicole Lukic uh, was. Uh, given more responsibility at the team. She has been made sporting director. Um, I believe it means Matt Pravatsky sort of stepping away from that role. I know he was sort of in that role as sporting director last year, but that's because it was such a bare bones operation. Um, I think giving Nicole, uh, Coach Nicole, more responsibility, I'm hoping uh, that that comes with a pay raise. I would assume as much uh, knowing the people that are running that organization. Um, so congratulations to her. Um, I think clearly you know, she identified a lot of uh, really great players, brought them in. Um, she has lots of connections, obviously, throughout the college, uh, the college world. Um, and, you know, between that and, um, you know, the players you know, seeing what Minnesota Aurora did last year and the crowds and, and all the, you know, I think we'll have, it'll be a very easy um, recruitment process. So well, I don't think your job's going to get much harder but it gives her just a, a more responsibility, which is great. And for those that have read my articles on Aurora, Nicole Vukic definitely w was very key in bringing in a lot of different players this year. And so it shouldn't be that much of a change. And uh, I'm not saying it's just a change in title only, like Matt Kovatsky did probably was helping out recruiting players and, and researching players and scouting, but Nicole Lukic did do a lot to um, with her assistant coaches evaluating players and choosing who was going to make the final squad. So this is going to be a natural fit. And for those that are worried that they're going to hire some other head coach, no, she's, she's still going to be the head coach. Very cool. All right. 
Uh, let's jump into talking about the FC Dallas match coming up again uh, next week. Um, right now, if uh, as we're recording, we'll be probably just getting done with halftime and getting ready to start the second half. So if you can, you know, put yourself in uh, the mind space of, of where we are right now. Um, Minnesota is uh, obviously not the favorite. Dallas is the favorite, plus 105. Uh, Minnesota is plus 225 to win this game. This game will be, again, I said 830 Monday night uh on fs1 so if you're looking looking for it on your on your tv dial uh who do we need to look out for on fc dallas um mj i'll throw it to you um to start. Uh, so a couple of u.s men's national team veterans paul Ariola and sebastian legit um but maybe paul, most- paul, paul Ariola who will probably be going to qatar for the world cup so more than likely well, Jesus Ferreira will probably be going to the... And Jesus Ferreira, players. yeah. that's We have three. We have three veterans, uh, two of whom are, are probably going, are probably on the plane to Qatar. Uh, Paxton Pomacall not going to Qatar. Unfortunately not, no. <laughs> um, yeah, Ariola Ferreira, um, and then uh, the other, um, Velasco uh, across the front line. So Dallas plays a, a standard 4-3-3, um, you know, they are, they are who they are. There's nothing. They've managed to maintain their lineup pretty well. Um, they've gotten healthy at the right time. I believe when um, when uh, Franco Yara, Ferreira, and Velasco are on the field together, uh, FC Dallas is eight and one, eight one and zero. So only one loss in the last nine games, and all three of those dudes are healthy. <laughs> so. It would not surprise me at all um, to see all three of those dudes on the field. And then Pax, and then, sorry, not Paxton Pumical, Um, Paul Ariola makes up sort of a, a fourth man of that three man front line that, that FC Dallas likes to play. So you know, it, yeah, go ahead. The, the encouraging thing is back in May, we went down to Dallas and we won two one with uh, uh, a goal by DJ Taylor. <laughs> right. Like, the, 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 the shitty thing is when they came here in September in a period of about three minutes was a Michael Boxel own goal, Velasco goal and Ferrera goal, like all early in the second half. Uh, that was, that was the game that like the three minutes of madness where we controlled yes. that mm-hmm. game both before that three minutes of madness. And then after that three minutes of madness or five, 10 minutes of madness or whatever it was, yeah. Five minutes of madness um, where, yeah, we controlled the game before that. And then, yeah, then we had the own goal, that crazy and goal. Then and, boom, then, boom. And, then, and then another own goal. And then it was just like, oh, shit. Okay. And, and then, then Frank Pony gets a second yellow card. And, you know, it that, just was all downhill from there. Yeah, that, that was, was a terrible game. Yeah, because, yeah, Frank Pony had, he had gotten a yellow card. So he's obviously suspended for a game. And then he decided to get a second yellow, which really he was suspended for three games total, I think, after that. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, so I guess what's we obviously know who the players are. Um, you know, I would just point out Marco Farfan has been a, a thorn in Minnesota side. Matt Hedges is still a pretty decent center back as well. He's a good center back. Um, yeah, Paul Ariel likes to score against Minnesota, whether he's playing for DC or for for FC Dallas. Uh, how how do we? So let's maybe spend a couple minutes. We we don't have to spend a ton of time. Um, thinking about how we want to approach this match with uh, 
with FC Dallas. Assuming, you know, assume we have all of the, you know, the players that should be available are available. Um, let's say Bongi is available. Um, you know, Mender, Gar- assuming we have Mender Garcia, although, you know, I, I think that he might be a, a later in the week, you know, decision just based on everything that we've you know heard. And, and he, you know, he had said he, he continued to play, but he also then went out early. So um, who would you like to see? Obviously I think our back, Metnir was available in the, in this past game. Obviously he didn't play. Um, do we make any changes on the back line um, from uh, Lawrence, Coleman, Boxall, Taylor? No, no. Okay. That's why I, I agree. Uh, all right. So uh, Debasi is not going to be, uh, Debasi is not going to magically heal himself. Exactly. Now and well, well, I'm just saying, do, do you throw in Metnir as the, as the right back? No, um, no. Or Benitez. That has not served us well in first round playoffs a la Portland <laughs> last year. That is no. that is also and true. No, no to Benitez starting so, in the back line. So the other, so the other, I guess the big question is is Ariaga. Ariaga was out this game because of yellow card accumulation. So potentially Mender Garcia is out. Um, you know, we like I said we haven't it's early, we haven't seen what the injury report looks like. You know, do you throw Ariaga and trap? back in the midfield and push loot up top um, on the right-hand side? Or do you continue to play loot and trap, keep Ariaga on the bench and either hope Garcia is healthy or Bongi is able to go at least say 60 minutes where you could bring in either a Garcia or Ariaga and move loot up, up to the top. What did, what would you guys do if you were? uh, Keith will not do this, but this is what I would do. I, I would keep Lude and Trap in the center midfield and not push Lude up to, to the right wing spot. And if Mender Garcia and Bongi can't go at the right wing spot, put Alan Benitez at right wing. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. But he won't do that. <laughs> yeah. He'll do, he'll do some other crazy shit. He'll, put, he'll start Ariaga at, at center midfield and move Lude to, to right wing or something else. I mean that's not we'll start that's Abu not, Del Nadi. I don't know. That, He'll do something. That's, that's not crazy. Yeah, Abu Del Nadi was like not been totally not existent on the scene for for good fucking reasons. I don't mean putting. He's he likes Trap and Ariaga for some reason. They are not good together. No, they've shown I think that. Leave Ariaga out, Mister Smurfhead. Um, <laughs> I mean Joseph Rosales. Joseph Rosales <laughs> came on, so you could if you don't want to. Put in Ariaga, you could put in Rosales with Will Trap and and you said have Lude on that right wing. I think the Benitez, the Benitez shout like is interesting because if he doesn't have to play defense, right? If you're like, right. yeah, just, no, like just, just go forward and, and fucking cross the ball into the box. That is that's an interesting proposition to me. So yeah, chaos at the right wing, you know, like whether it's Bongi, Benitez, like put chaos at the right wing. I really like how Lude basically compensates when Trap gets out of position. Yes. Lude helps out in that center midfield defensively in in a way that is not destroyer like Ozzy Alonso, but reliable like Ozzy Alonso. And so that's what I like about Lude in that center midfield over Ariaga or Rosales. It just feels good to have him there, Robin. Yeah. 
he's still gonna get shots on on goal it's nice to see him back you know like he, we missed him agreed cool uh anything else on this game jess or mj so like nobody's thinking about going to dallas right um it won't be it won't surprise me if there's people who go to dallas but <clears throat> um i mean that the, the problem with that stadium is you know it's it's not in Dallas or near the airport. It's in Frisco, um, mm. which would be like, it'd be like, from my understanding, I've never been, I've never been to Frisco, um, to that stadium. I heard the Dallas beer guardians are amazing supporter group people. Like their yes. tailgates. Great. <clears throat> I've, I've, I've met a few of them. They're really good people. I think people want to go, um, you know, reach out to the beer guardians. They, they're, they're generally really super awesome people hook you up with their tailgate. <clears throat> However, like that stadium from where Dallas is, is equivalent of like flying into Minneapolis, St. Paul international airport, and then needing to get to St. Cloud to, mm. to go to the game. Yeah. And that's then located. Yeah. So it's, it's not, it's not like that's, but that's the entire like Dallas Fort Worth area is, is it's more or less a big 493, you know, 494, 694 loop. But mm. that loop is, is, is like from, St. Cloud to like Rochester or Mankato, <laughs> right? It's like it's a big ass fucking loop. It's and a so huge like, loop. Yeah, that's from my understanding of people who've and maybe I, I might be exaggerating it a little bit, but I don't think I'm exaggerating <clears throat> it by by too terribly much. So it, so it is twenty nine miles north of da- Dallas. The stadium is twenty nine miles north 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 of Dallas. But that's like a ton of traffic though too. It's it's not like going to the yeah no like it's not it, like it's not like going to the Nessie or something where well, it's, you should have to get a passport to go there. As far as I'm concerned, I would be much more interested in going to like Austin um, if we have to. If yeah, we I was kind of hoping to, maybe we'd get Austin because um, I have coworkers that I have never met that live in. Austin. Well, next round, it should should we pull the upset in Dallas? Jess, you might get your, your wish. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. So let's make some predictions. Oh boy. Uh, oh, we were uh me, me and Greeter were both wrong uh last week. And uh, I think you and Jess, MJ, both predicted wins. I think so, I said two one. Um, so I wasn't I think, that far off. Yeah, I think you both said two one. If I'm not mistaken, no, I, I said you said just you said one zero. Just MJ, you said two one. So split the yeah. difference. You guys both, and I think I predicted a loss, and, and Greeter predicted a draw. So I'm going to defer to you guys. One of you can go first. Uh, what is the result of this game? Remember, it has to be a win. It cannot be a draw. Uh, um, I I say uh, Dallas wins uh, two nothing. All right, Jess. I'm gonna say Loons win two nothing. All right, like I'm gonna say Dallas wins two one in extra time. So not oh, penalties, wow. not penalties, extra time. So that's a lot of football for Monday night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be the last game of the of the playoffs. There's gonna be some, um, you know, added heightened heightened pressure. Let's say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna amend my thing. I think if if Minnesota is not hosting a playoff game, Dallas wins two one in extra time. If Minnesota has the opportunity to host the playoff game, I think Minnesota uh, loses two nothing in regular time. 
<laughs> Jess, you don't have to write this down. <laughs> so either way we lose. It's, it's, just, it's, how, it's how aggressive do we lose? Zeller, I know you to be a complicated guy, but my goodness. Uh, listeners, I hope you were taking notes. If you don't, just hit the rewind button and re-listen to that for you to just process the beautiful brain that is David Zeller. Uh, all right. So for that, you have to, um, oh, oh, never mind. You have to explain this cross over mashup to me. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> So Eric and Rodrigo, I don't know if Rodrigo listens to this podcast. I know Eric Silver Benjamin listens to this podcast. I I listened to the fucking football show podcast. Um, and we want, I think he wants to do, they want to do a uh, Minnesota football show. Dave's, I know, World Cup crossover podcasts, question mark. Um, we're still working out the details. I'm down. I think all three of us are down. And so we just need to figure out what that looks like. Um Ideally, we maybe sort of have a sort of a uh, it's maybe a, a shorter podcast. Maybe it's a daily during the World Cup, 10, 15 minute thing where maybe we, not all of us have to be on. Maybe it's just like two or three of us getting on and then we cross post it on both of the feeds. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of ideas about what it might look like. Um, I will solicit ideas like if the Minnesota football show on the days I know got together to talk about the World Cup, what would you want to see? I mean, obviously, we'll do sort of like a, a preview, maybe a, a, a multi episode preview podcast where we talk about the different groups or whatever. Um, maybe we do a draft of teams. So we, we all pick a team. We kind of follow that team. And then maybe when the team, like, cause they're playing three games a day for the first, whatever, like 12 days or something like that. Whoever, uh, whoever has those teams jumps on a, a 20 or 30 minute podcast and talk about how their team, their team went or whatever, after we do the, the previews. Anyways, we're a game for um, pretty much anything. Uh, just a matter of what people can commit to doing. Um, so if you have any thoughts or ideas um, in your listener to this podcast or to Minnesota football show or to both, let us know. I think we probably just, whatever we do, we would just record it and then cross post it into both of our feeds so that people can listen to it wherever. Um, if you're like me or MJ who listens to both of those podcasts, you get it, you'll get it twice. Uh, you can just delete one. Don't delete ours. Listen to ours. Delete the Minnesota football show one. But you yeah, know, of course, <laughs> so uh so yeah so if anybody has any thoughts um i'm gonna chat with eric and 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 jess and mj and rodrigo and bridget and we'll kick around some ideas and see what makes the most sense but um if anybody has anything Something. right away let us know because i think we'll probably try and make some decisions here in the next week or so because uh we only have so much time before the world cup actually kicks off in november so we want to make sure we give everybody plenty of time to research teams and do all that fun stuff so uh, and then finally, women's international break. Uh, yeah, MJ. Um, we had a US had a uh, had a match on Friday and uh, did not did not play poorly, but also did not win. Yeah, they they were playing England. England's really good. I would say England brought their A team, and uh, we brought our maybe A minus team. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, we, no, no anyone... true. Kat, Kat Macario has been out for, she's out injured. Uh, Alex Morgan was out and we had, I can't remember who the other main, main player was. We, and to be fair, England also had a couple players out, but like not, nobody as um, dynamic, as, dynamic Macario. as Macario 
or Alex Morgan for that matter. Alex Morgan, golden boot winner, NWSL. Let's not forget that. So, so yeah, I and so those claiming we played our B team or like uh, listing all the the new players to the U.S. Women's National Team, like a Trinity Rodney. Trinity Rodney's good. Like all the new players we brought in. Sophie Smith fucking is fucking good. Awesome. Yeah. So like anyone saying that we send our B squad or like making excuses, there's no excuses here. Unless you want to claim that VAR was wrong and Trinity Rodman yes. was onside. It wasn't, uh, it, it, it was the, the, the offside was on Sophie Smith, not Trinity Rodman, by the way. Oh, my bad. But yeah, it was, VAR was also wrong. So, but yeah, like, like we should have equalized. It should have been two, two, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I, I think it's good for the women's game or good hype that you know the defending world champions lose to england i think that's a nice you know going into the 2023 women's world cup that's a nice feather in in england's cap i don't care that much about a friendly uh it was good seeing some of our younger less experienced players get some u.s women's national team experience um i will say the the i'm blanking on her name i think it was cook the center back on the, the first england goal um just just made a mess of their that goal um not defending well the penalty that england got was again assisted by var weirdly enough var in england um favored the english team so you know put on, <laughs> put, on put on your Funny. mj put on your Funny mj that on, works. put on your mj and on, and on caps for that one uh the offside was was terrible but i mean whatever just she may have, she may have been offside by inches but you could you could not tell from the cameras that Sophie Smith, who received the pass and then took it upfield and then passed to Trinity Rodman, was offside. Like from the from the from the from just like the eye watching it and the angles that they had, there's you could not tell that she was offside. So whatever ma- like magical Harry Potter bullshit that they pulled to make that happen, good for them. Um, and and then the, the the you know again the VAR for the penalty. Was it probably a penalty? Probably, but it was also not called. And um, the last, um, oh, now I'm blanking on, I was going to say one more thing and I was really passionate about it. Now I have forgotten. I hate it when that happens. What, what I was going to say. However, to, to MJ's point, like, you know, the US team has unfortunately not had a really competitive match. I mean, outside of the, the, the CONCACAF uh, W championship final with, with I mean- Canada. They haven't the really had a competitive the, yeah. the two wins against Nigeria are, are impressive. The wins against South Korea, sorry, South Korea, like not not that impressive. Yeah, no. they haven't really they haven't really had a competitive match since uh, the Olympics when they lost in um, to Canada in the semifinals of the tournament that Canada ultimately ended up winning. Um, um, if you want to call like crapping out of the Sheep Leaves Cup like this year, <laughs> those were some somewhat competitive, but yeah. So anyway, so there's you know there's a. Um, there's an interesting conversation in women's soccer, especially at the, at the professional level of like, is the U S slipping? Um, are the European leagues catching up to NWSL? Um, yes. And we didn't even, we, I mean, we didn't even talk about the Yates, uh, the Yates report and all the ramifications of that and things like that. I mean, there was a really great so- show of solidarity between the England players and the women, U S uh, women's players um, on, and they were the, the teal armbands support uh victims of uh, sexual uh abuse uh which was great and i mean there's lots of those english players played in nwsl um so they you know they are potentially part of the you know part of the 
the pool of players that were affected uh, dramatically by all the shit that's been going on in U.S. soccer. And let's be fair, if it's going on in U.S. soccer, it's probably going on in other um, female federations around the world. Um, we're not yeah, U.S. U.S. is not the only one that this is a problem. Um, as we're seeing well, by the, ho- the hockey Canada stuff, um, there's there's been lots of rampant sexual assault and, and things like that in other um, federations around the world too. So Australia women's uh, yeah. uh, national team, you know, had their grooming uh, yeah. scandal. Yeah. So it's, it, it was a really, I mean, to play that game literally like two days after the Yates report dropped was kind of incredible. And, and the fact that the women's team played as well as they did in spite of all that, because that's, you know, there was a lot of serious allegations and serious shit that, that was brought to light and that, I think a lot of those women, I mean, obviously a lot of those women already knew about it, right? It's just, it was brought to the light to the rest of us who had her, you know, obviously the athletic Meg Linehan wrote some really great pieces back in 2021, um, sort of first sort of outing some of this stuff. And then I think there's a Washington Post writer. I can't remember what her name was, who did a lot of research on this and um, really broke some stories as well. So this has been sort of semi-known in the um, soccer sphere, but to that report just if you haven't read it i highly recommend reading it grant wall had a great breakdown like he's like read the the summary and then read some of the other stuff like he had a, a way to read it that made a lot of sense so if you um the grant wall podcast i would go back and find that it was last week i believe um where he kind of sort of broke down how you should read it parse it out if you want to like dig into it if you don't want to read there's because there's a lot of like you know um appendices and things like that so um so yeah so yeah, we didn't even really talk about that last week, which was, you know, was my bad for, we also had Greeter on and just you know, lots of other stuff going on, but yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, all right. So the U.S. want to play one more game um, in this international break that is tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, 1.30 PM on ESPN2 um, against Espana uh, in, this game's in Spain, right, MJ? Correct. It okay. is in Spain. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good for the, the one thirty p.m. Central start time. <laughs> it's great for. Um, well, I wasn't sure if it was in another European country, but it's great for the women's national team to be playing some games um, on foreign soil, in um, you know theoretically harsher environments. There was over ninety thousand people at Wembley for that game against England. Um, that is as close as you're going to get to like a crazy World Cup, and that was all. I mean, almost all supporting England, right? Like when. The U.S. Women's National Team plays in Australia and New Zealand for the 2023 World Cup. There'll be a lot of people in those stadiums, but they won't be all all against the U.S. Unless, of course, they're playing Australia or New Zealand. So right. it was a great opportunity for the U.S. Women's the women's team to, to play again in a a very because um, I mean even though the, the CONCACAFW Championships were in Mexico, they were not as well attended as we would have hoped they would have been. So it was great for them to get play in an atmosphere that was. Um, clearly aggressive and, and definitely against them. Um, the only other problem with this, the Spain match is that there's a, I don't know if sure how much you're following it, MJ, but there's a lot of uh, issues going on with the Spanish Federation and a lot of their players. So I'm actually even surprised that this game is honestly going on. So, no, uh, fill me in. Um, <clears throat> there's, a, I, I, I'm going to mess it up. So I'm not, I'm going to say as little as possible, but there's like 15 players that are feuding with the Federation and I don't remember exactly what it's about. I think there's some pay stuff involved. Um, the Federation has sort of dug in their heels, much like the U.S. Federation did when with uh, women with the U.S. women and their CBA. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think they're playing. So this this while this should be a good match for the U.S. The U.S. played uh, Spain in the most recent World Cup. Um, 
I think in the knockout round, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the round of 16, um, I don't think it'll be the same sort of Spanish team that has been progressing and getting better and better over the last, you know, eight to 12 years. So. Yeah. Because they, when they have all their players are really good. Yeah. There's a lot of Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona is one of the better women's teams in Europe. So. All right. Uh, quickly. Let's what's you want to run down some other women's scores quick. And then we'll so get there, out of here. There's some women's world cup. Uh, qualifying going on in, in Europe. We'll, we're going to skip that and go straight to some friendlies here. Um, uh, German women uh, played France one to a 1-1 draw. Those are two teams to watch out for in the Women's World Cup coming up. Uh, Brazil is touring Europe. They had a friendly uh, 4-1 win in Norway. And then uh, today they beat uh, Italy 1-0. Uh, Spain, who will be playing the U.S., uh, uh, earlier on, on Friday, they, they drew Sweden 1-1, uh, which points to what David said. They're not having all their best players. Um, Australia on Saturday beat South Africa 4-1. Ecuador lost at home to Panama 0-1. And uh, Colorado, or Colorado, <laughs> Colombia beat uh, Paraguay 1-0. Japan beats New Zealand 2-0 on Sunday. And in a goal fest, Poland draws Argentina 2-2. Oh, and then today, Mexico hosted Chile in the Nubia versus Elisa challenge, and uh, Mexico 1-1 draw, and Mexico also with a red card. All right. Okay, well, that's uh, that wraps us up. Um, sorry, we got kind of heavy there at the at the end of the podcast. Uh, but again, if you have any ideas for the Minnesota Football Show, Dave's I know, World Cup crossover Mash-up. pod party, um, parties, I guess, maybe probably, uh, should be the, the party. parties. The, the point of us pulling the listeners is you do not want me spending a 20 minute rant on the Korean national team. We want to have better ideas to use with the, t- the time. Like Correct. fun games. Yeah. Fun games. Uh, would, would like live podcasts be cool? Like if we jumped on like a Twitter spaces and did something like that, I like get the end of the day. Um, I don't know. Just, Anything we'll need to work it into our schedules, obviously. Could I do an interpretive dance? It, it, should Dave's I know start a TikTok? Um, is now another question I have, and should just be in charge of it. Um, oh, so. that sounds like a lot of responsibility for. <laughs> All right, so let us know if you have any thoughts or anything on that. Um, please rate review the podcast wherever you get it. Uh, Patreon.com/slash the Dave's I know. Uh, again, you can always follow us and shoot us your suggestions at TDIKMN on Twitter. Um, or at Texas Zeller, that's me, MJ Matsui on Twitter, or Jessica1440839 2 on Twitter as well. Um, we've been the days you know. This, this is the days I know. We to try and work it out because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Long as you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, yo, I can't do nothing.
got kings. The mass line.